Hello everyone, welcome to Geek Out Loud. Before we get started, I want to let you know about a book club we're trying to get started, the Goliverse Book Club. You can have a hand in that and take part in that by heading over to goodreads.com and looking for the group Goliverse. Join up with that group, let your voice be heard. We're going to be giving suggestions until about January 14th on books that we'd like to see read. And uh, so head over that way, check it out at goodreads.com. Look for the Goliverse group. I'm there, bald-headed Rod's there. So many people are there. And join up with the Goliverse book club. You'll hear about it more on the next Geek Out Loud. Let's get into this Geek Out Loud, though. Shotglassdigital.com On a night like this, it's a Friday night. We're live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. And we're not only doing your safe place to geek out, we're doing the Big Honkin' Show. It's a mashup on this, the Big Honkin' Geek Out Loud podcast. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out. On this episode, we're doing something pretty neat. It's uh, I decided we haven't done a big honking show in so long, and uh, last night in my house, it was just too cold to try to podcast. I sat at my computer for a little bit, and my heat doesn't work quite right, so it was kind of blowing cold air up my legs, and I'm like, I don't really know about podcasting in this kind of cold weather. I just don't know. So... Um, rather than sit and, and, and sound, you know, have my teeth chattering in the mic the whole time, I said, you know what I'm going to do? Friday night, after I get done with work and everything, I'm going to go home. I'm going to mash up the Geek Out Loud and the Big Honkin' Show. And, and so that's what we're going to do. So for those of you not familiar with the Big Honkin' Show, here's what you can expect tonight. Some Anim Apocalypse news, uh, some Sasquatch news. Uh, you can also expect uh, some dumb, uh, some criminal, some smooth criminal news uh, in its own mashup with, of course, our favorite place, Florida News. Uh, for those of you not familiar with Geek Out Loud, and why wouldn't you be? It's your safe place to geek out. We've got some stuff to talk about. But before we do that, I want to say thanks to everyone who uses the Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com. You uh, really help out the site when you use those links to shop at Amazon. Um, there's links at both sites now, geekoutpodcast and geekoutonline.com. We really appreciate your help in doing that. Uh, when you use those links, your purchase is a throwback a little bit to the show for helping us out. Clear your cookies. And uh, and 
and when you do that, it, it does. It helps us out in a big, bad way. December was our best Amazon month ever. Thank you so much. And let's just kind of keep that trend going. Um, it really helps get all of our hosting fees and everything else paid, as well as uh, your support directly from Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Uh, we had our biggest Patreon month last month as well. And so I thank you all so very much from the bottom of my heart. You have helped me continue to do something I love, and you have helped me to, I think, get better and better at what we're doing with this show and with the other shows in the Goliverse. Man, if you, have, if you haven't heard this week's Rock Out Loud yet uh, with Kristen and myself talking New Jersey Bon Jovi, you're missing a good time. We had a blast talking uh, Bon Jovi's album, New Jersey, on the most recent episode of Rock Out Loud. We've got Rebel Yell coming this weekend. Uh, looking forward to getting back in the Disney Vault Talk scene as uh, my co-host Teresa there gets settled in with what she's doing. And you help do all this through patreon.com slash geekoutloud. And I greatly, greatly appreciate your support so much. Our featured supporter this episode is John Curtis. John can see, dink, dink, quote fingers, dink, dink, the weak points in objects, people, situations, all of it. You're not going to win in a fight against him. You're not going to win in a board game against him. He always sees the best way to win and defeat his opponent. Yes, like Mace Windu. As our featured supporter, John Curtis from the Goliverse Wall of Fame, a wall that will be updated this weekend over at geekoutonline.com. Well, let's do this because we got to do it. Let's jump into some emails. First email comes from Jamie Dunce. Jamie says, hey, Steve, I want to tell you how much I enjoy all of your shows, but especially Geek Out Loud. Well, thank you, Jamie. I enjoy doing Geek Out Loud. Listening to you geek out over all the things you geek out over is just very entertaining. That's what I try to do. I try to be entertaining. I want to chime in on your Secret Wars talk just a bit and, and add a few things. One of the interesting aspects of the roster of heroes was that Iron Man wasn't Tony Stark, but James Rhodes. You know what? We didn't mention that that Rhodey was in the Iron Man armor, and I don't know that he ever takes it off the entire time, but you can definitely understand from, from the way that he's communicating and the things he says that it's not Tony Stark in there. It's, uh, it's Rhodey. Also, in regards to Julia Carpenter, she was used quite a bit after Secret Wars. That's the uh, Spider-Woman, I guess, there uh, from the Secret Wars. She appeared in the West Coast Avengers. Ah, oh, West Coast Avengers. <laughs> That was a that was a classic book. You had the the Avengers, who were stationed in New York, and you had the West Coast Avengers, who were stationed in L.A. I think somewhere in California, and that way they could they could protect the country. They could protect us from both ends. They could uh, they could have you know multiple outlets to get to where they needed to go quickly. It was all it was almost an initiative kind of thing. Hmm. She was uh, West Coast Avengers Force Works, as well as guest starred in many other comics. She later became Arachne, which is the name she originally wanted to call herself before becoming Spider-Woman. The last time I read anything with her in it was in the recent Spider Island story where she was Madam Web. I know you mentioned Crisis on Infinite Earths, 
And I wanted to give you my take on it, although I know people who can more eloquently speak on the subject. In fact, I know someone who wrote their master's thesis on the story. The idea and reasoning behind Crisis was basically uh, the first in a company-wide reboot. Mm-hmm. That's true, and, and, and we know all that. The Silver Age of DC Universe came about. Two characters were introduced, uh, Barry Allen and Hal Jordan. They were updated versions of The Flash and Green Lantern. Indeed, while they were popular, people wanted to know what happened to the Golden Age characters. And so you end up with stuff like, I'm, I'm editing his email here, uh, Flash number 123, published in 1961, The Flash of Two Worlds. And this was the introduction of the concept of the multiverse, where the Golden Age characters were on Earth 2 and the Silver Age characters on Earth 1. The success of this issue gave DC the idea to do more crossovers with Earth 1 and 2. Justice League, Justice Society, team-ups. They'd create new worlds like Earth 3, the antimatter universe. Uh, DC also started purchasing other lines like Fawcett Comics, who owned the Captain Marvel family, and Charlton Comics, who had heroes like the Blue Beatles, the Question, Captain Adam, to name a few. Over the years, the DC multiverse became more and more cluttered before you knew it. Unless you had a map, the DC universe was very complicated, which brought about Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, we know this. I mean, this is one of those things that is is DC Comics history, and I'm not trying to step all over what Jamie's saying here. Um, and, and DC had more of a point creatively to what they were doing. They weren't just trying to sell a toy line. They were literally cleaning up. They were cleaning house, and they were getting everything in one specific continuity. They've done it more recently with the New 52. Um, After uh, Infinite Crisis, there were multiverses again. There was the multiverse again, and uh, the New 52 um, becomes yet another reboot of the DC Universe. Um, The the idea of this event was to clean up continuity of the DC Universe. The Anti-Monitor was a being... Want to destroy all life in all universes. The story itself actually started three years prior with the appearance of the Monitor and his assistant, Lila. It wiped the slate clean and uh, only had one world. Certain characters were wiped from memory, like Supergirls, uh, while others were known to have died in the crisis, like Flash, like Barry Allen, died in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. It wasn't the first major crossover. It was the one that had serious ramifications post-event. And uh, Jamie says, I would highly recommend it to anyone who wants to see storytelling on the highest level, as well as art that is top-notch. The team of Marv Wolfman and George Perez never looked or read better. Now, I'm going to tell you something. George Perez, one of the all-time greats as far as comic book artists go. George Perez is, is an artist who wants to have as many characters on the page as possible. So you're going to see some of your favorites. You're going to see some that you don't even know are your favorites. You're going to see them there. Um... He says, that's my thoughts on uh, that's my thoughts on Crisis. I also love Secret Wars. It's another one of my favorite stories, and I enjoyed hearing you talk about it. Uh, so thanks for many hours of pure geeky goodness. I look forward to the next episode of Whatever Comes Out. Stay geeky, my friend. And that's from Jamie, who has a birthday on January 25th, just like me. So we are birthday twins, I guess. I don't, I don't know what you I don't know what the technical term is. For that is when you have a birthday that someone else has, you have the same birthday. So it's not like hand twins. I think it's more special than hand twins. We're birthday twins. Warren chimes in. He says, Steve, I would like to make a prediction. There will be a Hulk movie released July 2016. I came to this conclusion and instead of releasing a 12 episode serial like podcast, I thought I'd just tell you. In an interview with IGN about Avengers 2, Joss Whedon stated, Banner has a significant role in the Hulk. You know, we really held back on him for a long while in the first one. That said, there's something terrible coming that you'll love. Something terrible coming? 
Could Planet Hulk be a reality? Ah, but is, there is no Hulk movie in the Phase 3 lineup. Correct, he says, but I noticed that Marvel has scheduled three movies a year, May, July, and November, except for 2016, which has no July movie. Could Marvel have a secret movie slotted in that spot that relates to a plot point coming out of Avengers 2? It may be a bit tinfoil hat, but how cool would it be if Marvel pulls off such a big surprise? And that's Browncoat Mage, also known as Warren. Um... I don't know. I don't know. I thought Marvel, after the success of the Avengers and how much people love the Hulk, I really thought they'd go back and try another Hulk movie. Um, and The Hulk had all the buzz coming out of Avengers. Seriously. I really thought Avengers was going to end up being kind of an Iron Man-centric movie. But Whedon, and I've said this before, did such a great job of giving everyone their time to shine. And the Hulk really got his time to shine. And I think... And when you look at it, he's not in the movie all that much. I mean, Ruffalo is, Banner is, but Hulk is not. And, you know, that's because of the the technological constraints, the money it costs to, to have this fully digital character realized on screen, interacting with physical um, physical sets and people. And, uh, you know, but we got to see a, a Hulk-Thor fight. We, we got to see Hulk... Uh, Hulk out and take down one of those Leviathans pretty much all by himself. We got to see Hulk do some amazing stuff, and and he came away with some of the best. Mo- they used when Hulk was on screen, they used him to his fullest potential, and so that caused people to come away really digging the Incredible Hulk. And I I do think that had they been able to capitalize on that and make a movie, um, that it would have been successful again. Um, I don't know that Marvel can do anything unsuccessful yet. I don't I think that their movies are going to automatically be a success now because they're Marvel Studio movies and all you have to do is slap in there from the people that brought you Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, then that's going to have people show up for the movie. Now whether or not the movie is good when people show up is going to be a different story. Um but but right now, they can get butts in seats based on that, and I think they could have done that with another Hulk movie. I, the, the timing of the first Incredible Hulk movie, I think, is what was really unfortunate. The world's mind had been blown by Iron Man. I don't think anyone saw Iron Man coming. I didn't see Iron Man coming. I knew it was going to be good. It looked great. Had a really cool vibe about it going in. But I had no idea how much I would enjoy... Um, I, I had no idea how much I would enjoy Iron Man, uh, and I did love it. To this day, I love that movie. The Incredible Hulk had the baggage of Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk, um, attached to it. It was a movie that is... really need to talk Ang Lee's Hulk sometime in depth, because as a Hulk fan, someone who read that comic religiously, who read Peter David's run. I remember I got the novelization of the movie before I ever saw the movie, read that, because I was just so intrigued as to what they were going to do. And the minute that he's, you know, Rensler or not Rensler, um, Kinsler or whatever his name was, his adopted name was, I just kind of knew, I'm like, something's off here. And they went really cerebral. Everybody whispered, you know, and, and so, and when the Hulk did finally Hulk out, there were just moments that were like, there was some awesome stuff in that movie, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, it just fell flat for a lot of people. And it fell flat for me. I defended it for the longest time. And then the Incredible Hulk happened. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. You know, 
Because The Incredible Hulk is really such a superior movie in every way. It really captures more the spirit of that character and those in that cast of characters um, than, than Ang Lee's Hulk. That Ang Lee captures one aspect, one small aspect of who those characters are, and, and The Incredible Hulk paints in a few broader strokes. And so it's really interesting, and, and I feel like the timing was a little bit unfortunate, but still good stuff, don't get me wrong. And and I think that had they revisited that character after the shortly after the Avengers, we would have seen a different response to a movie with the Hulk. I don't know that they've got plans. I, I see what you're saying, uh, Warren. I, I get it, but I just don't know. Um, I'm not holding out any hope for a Hulk movie. And I really, I don't know how I feel about a Planet Hulk movie, to be honest with you. Um, that is a that is a concept. I like the story, okay. But it's a concept that I don't like because it's grounded in the fact that you have a group of guys who think they know better than everyone else who make the decision all on their own to send the Hulk off. And um and he ends up, you know, crash landing on this planet and and all that and it leads into World War Hulk. Now what I'd like to see is what we didn't get to see in World War Hulk. World War Hulk was kind of was weirdly written whereas you almost saw the fights but you didn't quite i'd love to see a world war hulk i would love to see that concept um where banners had enough the hulks had enough of people just constantly coming at him and so he's like all right i'm giving everyone time to clear out but when that's done i'm coming after these heroes who've done me wrong or this villain who's done me wrong we had so many things left open in the incredible hulk i'd love to see the leader realized on screen i think that'd be so super cool to see the character of the leader realized on screen. Maybe the abomination get back out. That sort of thing. I think it could work. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I hope you're right, Warren. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Xander of the Seven Seas. High, from the high seas. Xander, friend of Aquaman, comes. He says, hey, Steve, just wanted to know, get your opinions on a few topics. First, I read recently that it could be possible, despite being unlikely, the bad guy from Batman v Superman could be Doomsday. The site talked about how the main villain is yet to be announced, and Doomsday's creator is active in the DC Cinematic Universe. How would you feel about the death of Superman being shown in the movies? I would personally like to see it further down the road uh, once Superman has been established in that universe. Also, who do you think the villain will be for Justice League? I keep coming back to Darkseid because I see him and as the DC equivalent to Thanos in the New 52, he brought the Justice League together. On to the Marvel Universe. I agree, Affinity War sounds like an endgame. Do you want them to keep the past movies canon once they reboot or completely redo these heroes? On to my last note, have you seen the TV show Psych? I don't know that I've ever heard you mention it, and I think you'd really enjoy it. It's a funny show filled with 80s pop culture references. Anyway, thanks for the fun show. Your seafaring friend from the high seas, Xander. Suck it. I love Psych. Don't even, don't even joke about Psych. Don't even play around about me not knowing about Psych. I love some Psych. It's good stuff. Um... I love it. My my favorite line in every show is when uh, <laughs> when Gus looks at Sean and says, "You must be out of your damn mind." I love it. Um, let me let me address these questions really quickly. I don't think Doomsday is going to be the main villain in uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. I I, I think it's going to be a Luthor kind of thing and maybe some other stuff. Um, as far as the villain in the Justice League, I think everyone's thinking Dark Side. If it is Dark Side, then that's what everyone's been thinking. Um, take what they've done with Avengers. You know, after at the end of the Avengers, when we saw Thanos, 
everyone assumed that the next movie would be the Avengers versus Thanos. Um, and we started to hear things about Infinity Stones and, and this stuff in that phase too. And so you really kind of got the idea of building up, especially with Guardians of the Galaxy kind of closing out phase two before we hit Avengers. You really got the idea that Thanos was going to be the big bad. And then they break down Age of Ultron on us, and, and it's kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. And so Marvel's doing a slow burn to this Infinity War thing, which I think is genius. Um, Warner Brothers is, has kind of fast-tracked everything in this DC universe to get to where they want to go. And so I do assume, I, I assume along with everyone else, it'll be Dark Side. However, it'd be cool to see it be like Brainiac or... Um, or even Luther putting together an Injustice gang. I mean, we're getting a Suicide Squad movie and, and some, you know, we're seeing some rogues come about. So I think it'd be really interesting to see the Justice League versus an Injustice gang kind of thing. So uh, time will tell. Time will tell. As far as what I want to see happen after Avengers Infinity War, I want to just keep going. Recast these characters if you have to, but just keep it going. There's no sense in shutting down canon and rebooting. You can continue on and on and on. I'd love to see them go for years and years and years with Iron Man in the same line of continuity, the way they do James Bond, recast Iron Man. Then we get to have all those fun debates about who was the best. And for my generation, it'll be Robert Downey Jr. For generations down the road, it'll be insert play. You know, whoever they, they think. And I, and I think that we'll see. I hope that's what we'll see is, is, a, is a recasting of all of these people. I think it'd be a fun thing. It's like a new artist taking on a book. You know, it looks a little bit different, but it's still the same thing. Brian White chimes in. First News, HD, WAAY, Channel 31, ABC affiliate. Uh, Brian White chimes in. He says, Dear Steve, over the holiday break, my two-year-old daughter wanted to watch Star Wars after she received a Princess Leia doll for Christmas. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but sadly it's been a while since I last viewed the original trilogy. While watching it, I picked up on a few choice words when referring to the Force. I believe it was Mahdi who called it an ancient religion. Tarkin, their fire's been extinguished, referring to the Jedi. And Han Solo, a commoner and traveler, had never seen anything like it. So really, the only people using the Force are Vader and Luke. By the time we get to The Force Awakens, it will have been a good 50 years since the common folk have witnessed or heard of the Force. So my point being, for all the people making fun of the title of The Force Awakens saying, I didn't know it was asleep, they should probably go back and watch A New Hope. Also, Disney needs to get in on making more Princess Leia merchandise or make some sort of animated version of Star Wars that includes Luke, Han, and Leia. I agree on the animated version of Star Wars with that original three, uh, the, the big three from the original movie. I think that'd be great. Um, I think The Force Awakens goes a lot deeper than people hearing it or witnessing it. I, you know, you also have, don't forget in that original trilogy, you also have people like General Dodonna on Yavin saying, may the force be with you. Uh, Admiral Akbar, may the force be with us. Han, finally at the end, turns to Luke and says, may the force be with you. Um, this is an idea that I think there are believers still in the galaxy, but they've been silenced by uh, a, a, an imperial system that is trying to be secular in nature, even though the head of it is part of this ancient religion. And I think that's I think that's a cool thing that a lot of people don't talk enough about when it comes to Star Wars, is that they that part of what the Emperor did in wiping out the Jedi was wipe out religion and make religion 
something that people were not going to be a part of or not have anything to do with. I don't know why I stopped my sentence weirdly there, kind of like Jim Rome. But anyhow, my ESPN friends will know that and get that. But but it, it's an interesting dichotomy. It's an interesting paradox of of things when the emperor's trying to... And the reason he's keeping that stamped out is so the Jedi will not rise up. So that no one will go looking to help the Jedi. But he's he's perpetrated this lie that they're kind of the reason we're in an empire now, you know, that he took over because of their rebellion and, and their treason and... And now, you know, it's a good thing in, in a lot of people's eyes he's wiped them out. In other people's eyes, they don't believe the Jedi were ever evil. And so there is this burning ember of belief amongst the galaxy. However, I think this has much more to do with the Force awakening, the potential to use the Force, the the understanding of the Force within uh, key characters in this movie. I think that it has more to do with that. It's going to be really interesting to see. And by the way, at the time of this recording, we are, ladies and gentlemen, let me pull up the official countdown clock here, 341 days away from Star Wars The Force Awakens. Make no mistake about it. We're less than a year out. So 341 days. Can't wait can't wait it's going to be good stuff i got to figure out how i'm going to watch that i don't know that i'm going to do the old midnight showing and finally we're going to uh wrap up with this this has um has more of a big honking show feel to it but that's fine because this is the big honking show geek out loud mashup uh wendy sends in an email that says uh and she says hey steve here's an article i saw this morning on hugging Oh my heck, I'm not a big hugger, but I do hug. I blame church. We hug everyone. It's ridiculous. So now it's an automatic action for me, or a habit rather than a conscious decision on my part. Anyway, I'm thinking this may be a bit extreme. For you, well, I think it'd kill you. That's right. I'm not a huggy guy. Uh, This article at Awesome Ashold says, Hugging is good medicine. Um, And listen to this. Uh, This is, I don't know what she's quoting here. Um... It transfers energy and gives the person hug an emotional lift. Transfers energy? That's dumb. That sounds like some hippie new age junk to me. You need four hugs a day for survival. What? I've hugged no one this whole week, and I'm I'm alive. I survived. Eight for maintenance and 12 for growth. Whatever. Scientists so say that hugging is a form of communication because it can say things you don't have the words for. Mm. Yeah. So Wendy decided to send some hippy-dippy junk into the old email. Mm-mm. Not a fan. Not a fan. Hugging is like meditation and laughter. No, it's not. Hugging is like, wow, this is awkward. You're in my personal space. Get out. That's what hugging is like. Uh, the energy exchange is like an investment into the relationship between the huggers. Ridiculous. Believe it or not, a good hug, skin to skin, can actually help balance your nervous system. Or it can really stress you out. Hugging is like a good massage because it relaxes your muscles and releases tension. No, it doesn't. If you don't hug people, it doesn't. You get really tense. Anytime someone touches you, you feel better. No, that's not true. That is a lie. That is not true at all. Only Sith deal in absolutes. 
The longer you hold the hug, the better. No! Oh my gosh, no! Who is this person? Who is this person? If you feel angry, lonely, and isolated, get a hug. Nope. No. Hugging gives you a sense of safety. No, it doesn't. It's like, why are you in my space? You have invaded my world. Hugging boosts your immune system. Now look, I'm not someone who gets sick very often, and I don't hug very often, so I'm going to say there's a correlation between that. Because I'm not spreading germs via the huggies. <laughs> Daniel and Indy. <laughs> Member of the Mixler Zoo crew, good friend of the show's all. Says, uh, I think Andy wrote that article. Of course, he's referring to Andy Babacht from the Helicarrier podcast and the Flash podcast. Andy, good friend, great friend of the show. Well, this is a big honking show, Geek Out Loud mashup. To that end, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, get vigilant, my friends. The animal apocalypse in full effect. The animals are taking over, they want to take us down. And they'll sneak in in the most unexpected or expected places. We'll be back after this on The Big Honkin' Show.
fed up with those annoying Bigfoot? This thing was ten foot tall. He had beautiful hair. I thought he was going to kill my little dog. Save time and money with Sasquatch Stick. The Sasquatch Stick is a revolutionary device that rids your property of those problem Bigfoot. I come out here and rough talk him and run him off. Our product's been successfully used by tens of thousands of people and been positively reviewed on nationwide news programs. I go up here, this stick, he was standing right there. And I said, get away from here. Get. Get. If you're not 100% satisfied, you'll get your money back guaranteed. Works on most mythic beasts, real or imagined. And he went right back at that path again. Others may cost you $100, but for four easy payments of $19.95, the Sasquatch stick can be yours. Limited time offer, not available in stores. Whether you need to travel for a necessity or just enjoy getting away, taking a trip has never been more affordable. For our 425 rooms to mark our 40th anniversary of being named the best hotel in the area, the Grand is locked in on our new low rate. Our vintage hotel with the same furniture and decorations from the 70s, with our free continental breakfast and accompanied oversized swimming pool and hot tub, we're the home of the famous floating sausage. We know you'll love it. Just listen to these satisfied customers. So romantic with the smell of the bacon, the egg, and the chlorine. I love America. Hey, listen, I'm staying at the Grand. They've got a great breakfast buffet. <laughs> you can sit right there in the hot tub yeah. and have your breakfast and listen to some good quality music. This holiday season, if you're looking for a 1972 look, feel, and price, look no further than the Grand. Imagine owning the world's greatest songs by the greatest voice of our generation. In a once-in-a-lifetime collection, Big Honkin' Music presents the ultimate gloss and collection, 36 beautiful songs, sung by our favorite artist, Steve Glosson, on two CDs for just $26.99.
Now you get both CDs for just $16.99, shipping and handling. Supplies are limited. The Ultimate Glossin Collection is not sold in stores. Coming soon to Kenner, the new Play It Out Loud line of toys. You can be the amazing Big Honkin'. I be glad that. Become your favorite heroes. Mano, mano, mano. Superman, Superman, Superman! Hello, lady. Act out your favorite adventures. Oh, no, there is a winner! Kenner's Play It Out Loud. Buck Thompson, Bigfoot, and Edna Playset sewed separately. Now you have the power of the Gulliverse in your hands. Yes, sir. Get your desk flipping going as we enter into the big honking show section of the show. Now, listen, don't fast forward. We got more geeky stuff coming. Don't fast forward, everyone that loves to geek out loud. We're going to have a good time looking into some of these news stories here as provided to us by our remote producer and content provider, Jimmy in Georgia. But before we do that, we've got to jam out to some St. Elmo's Fire. Goozles up, folks. Goozles up. Here we go. And you're trying to break free. I can see a new horizon underneath the blazing sky. I'll be by the eagles flying higher and higher. All I need is this pair of wheels. Take away my future's lying safe in those fire. Man, this song makes me realize just how behind in any weight loss type stuff I am. I'm one of those people that succumbed. To, I thought I was going to be strong through the holidays. I was talking some smack. And I just, I crumbled. I crumbled in the face of sugary, powdery candy. I can see a new horizon underneath the blazing sky. I'll be where the needles flying higher and higher. Do it like the 90s. Cross the wide sea, yeah. I would like everyone to come cross this bridge with me. Cross this bridge with me! Just once in his life A man has his time Yeah! And my time is now I'm coming alive I can hear the music playing I can see the banners fly 
Ah, yes, the Big Honkin' Show section of the Geek Out Loud rolls along here tonight. I have uh, really kind of blown back up, and I, I, I have a plan to get on this weight loss thing, and really it comes down to life changes, guys. We'll talk more about that on the Big Honkin' Show as we roll along. Right now, it's, uh, it's time for the Animal Apocalypse news. What you may or may not know is this, is that the animals have a plan to take over the world. They, they hate us. They want to dominate us. They want to rule this world. And so they have all these little things they're trying to get to us and take us out. We call it the fall of man by way of the animals. We call it the animal apocalypse because that's exactly what it is. It's the apocalypse brought about by our furry or not-so-furry friends. You can't trust them. If you think you can, you're a fool. It's the animal apocalypse. Apocalypse. Animal Apocalypse news. This comes from the LA Times. Um, Dateline, let me see. Dateline San Diego. San Diego. Breathe it in. When you work in a building built in 1886, you can expect occasional problems with the plumbing. But Holly Wells and Stephanie Laska, co-founders of the virtual PR and marketing, were not prepared for what slithered out of their office toilet Tuesday. A five and one half foot Colombian rainbow boa. Don't let the fun name deceive you. This is a snake, ladies and gentlemen. A five and a half foot long snake. Who pooped out a snake? (laughs) I thought my eyes were deceiving me, Laska said, when she saw the flicker of the snake's tongue. Ugh. She knew it was a snake. She screamed and ran from the bathroom. It took the tongue to prove to you it was a snake? I just want to call Stephanie Laska out. I'm sure she's super intelligent. She's founded a, a, a vertical PR and marketing uh, company. Uh, but she needs to learn about snakes. It's not just the tongue that gives it away. It's the fact that it's a freaking snake! The snake, identified as a Colombian rainbow boa, (laughs) say hello to my little friend, was curled up behind the toilet when an animal service employee arrived at the office building at 5th and G in downtown San Diego, which which was once City Hall. At about five pounds, the snake was underweight and shedding, also a bit grouchy. Well, yeah! You'd be a bit grouchy, too, if you'd been in the toilet the whole time. I've been in this toilet since 1886. The agency took the snake to an animal care center for examination. What that should read is the agency killed the snake. If its owner is not located, it will be given to a group with experience with boas. Well, uh, feather boas or otherwise, because there's a lot of folks in San Diego, I'm sure, that have uh, (laughs) some experience with those. Said Dan D'Azusa, deputy director of the Department of Animal Services, just how the boas survived in the sewer system is a mystery. But one thing is clear. This is every person's worst nightmare. Yeah. What if you were being burnt alive while the snake came out of the toilet at you? I think that's worse. 
I'm just going to say snakes go in the toilet. They should not come out of the toilet. Ew. Thank you so much. That, got, yeah, that was hurt. A little potty humor. But the truth, uh, this is how they're getting to us, people. The snakes are now figuring out ways to scuba dive through the sewer system, come up your pipes into your turlet, and take you out. One bite on the behind. Now, boas are not pison. They're not poisonous snakes. They're the kind that'll hug you to death. Now, see? Let's go back to the article we read on the way out before the break. Hugging. Not good if it's a boa hugging you, is it? Mm-mm. 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 No, sir. No, sir. Not, not one bit. This is not a happy story. And this is not an encouraging story. And it's not encouraging to me that they're like, well, we'll let the snake live. That's not a good thing at all. Because I don't appreciate it. Not at all. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Another particular piece of business we got to cover. We love here on the Big Honkin' Show Sasquatch News. Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, Skunk Ape. Many names for the mighty beast. Mythical, but I believe real beast the wild thing we call uh, the old Sasquatch. Yes, sir. The mighty Sasquatch. Before we get into full-on Sasquatch news, I want to thank uh, good friend Rich, who's out in uh, Washington State. Rich sent me for Christmas a Sasquatch action figure. Archie McPhee, Bigfoot action figure. It is uh, the Bigfoot strolling through the woods. It's a really cool-looking figure. It's sitting here on the desk here in the uh, recording studios of the Goliverse. And uh, he's a cool-looking little fella. I actually did open him up and take him out and play with him, but he looks so good in the package that I had to just put him back in there. It's a great package, great figure, Bigfoot action figure. Thanks to Rich for that. It's It looks great here on the desk, right next to the Star Wars Trilogy box set, as th- that was gifted to me uh, from Dave Atterbury several years ago. So just all kinds of presents piling up on the recording desk of the Golliver Studios. And I hope that there are more presents that pile up on the Goliver Studios desk as my birthday is January 25th. Coming up. Same as Jamie Dunst. Hey, send your presents to Jamie Dunst. Um, Sasquatch family prank, this says, leaves Arizona officials laughing. Um, uh, Arizona Department of Transportation. I don't know if this is a tweet, but it says we might have, I think it is, might have spotted a family of Sasquatches on State Road 260 near Heber this afternoon. Or Heber, I don't know how you pronounce it in Arizona. What do you think? Uh, the Department of Transportation Arizona posted this item on its Facebook page on January 1st. They weren't prepared for the strong reaction over a bogus image of Sasquatches. Here are, the nearly, here are some of the nearly 1,000 Facebook comments before the DOT admitted it was a joke. They did post a picture, and it's got all these people's... Listen to what this says. I think there's a bunch of Crazy Valley folk who haven't seen snow before. Uh, is that for real? Wow. Uh, someone says, you're clearly, you're all superstitious. Clearly they're Wookiees. 
Leave them alone. They aren't bothering anyone. Uh, coming back from their New Year's cave party, probably all hungover. I think that Bigfoot is naturally blurry. It's not the cameras. Highway patrol traffic camera aimed at a road near Heber in northeast Arizona seemed to show a group of large dark objects standing in snow on the right side of the image. Our public information officer was stationed at the Traffic Operations Center in Phoenix, where highways are monitored around the state, said Arizona DOT spokesman Tim Tate. He was flipping through the cameras at a slow part of the New Year's Day, and this image just caught his eye, so he posted it. The public reaction was almost immediate. It far surpassed our expectations, certainly for just a picture that was designed to show some snow along the highway in northern Arizona. The story grew bigger feet this week <laughs> when Tate admitted they were only having some fun with the picture and wanted the public to know that even government officials can be a little light. <laughs> guys, 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 come on. Even government officials can be lighthearted. We don't all, we're not all, uh, oh my gosh, what, Phil Davidson, is that his name? Oh, what was his name? Uh, Phil... Yes, they're not all this guy, ladies and gentlemen. They're not all uh, Phil Davison. Um, Party executive committee, good evening. And thank you, not only for your attendance, but for allowing me the opportunity to speak. My name is Phil Davison. <laughs> and I am seeking our party's nomination for the position of Stark County Treasurer on November 10th. Yeah, they're not all that guy. He has a degree in communication. Bless his heart. Um, I'm really disappointed because I don't think this is a prank. I think this is um I think this is real and I think that now the Arizona DOT is trying to cover it up. I think that uh I think Bigfoot's out there and I think Arizona DOT did get a picture, and the guy posted it, and they're like, no, we can't do this. We can't let people know that Bigfoot exists. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the matter is, Bigfoot exists. It's, it's just a thing. You can't, you can't deny it. Too many people have seen him. Well, I've got him, I've got a, how did they model uh, for this, how did they get a model for this, this action figure on my desk right here? Because there's a real Bigfoot. He exists, and he's all over. From the northeast to the southeast, across the the frozen tundra, into the Siberia, up in the Himalayas, he's all over the place. But from Bigfoot News in Arizona, we travel to the most crazy, stupid state where all the idiots live. That little dangly thing we call Florida. It's time ladies and gentlemen, for some Florida news. Florida news. What the Florida? It's not just retired people, it's morons too. Florida news. Now listen, not all Floridians are... Are, are dumb, and not all Floridians make the mistakes that many of the Floridians we feature in our segment are, but I just noticed several years ago, and I noticed this before I ever knew about a Twitter account or anything like this, that a lot of our wacky news articles were coming from the great state of Florida, from the Sunshine State, and and it just became this thing of just keeping track of what's going on down in Florida, and oftentimes what you end up with in Florida is not just 
uh, just some crazy stuff out of Florida, but you also end up with one of these guys. You've been hit by, you've been that's right. They were hit by, they were struck by a smooth criminal. John Bomber, 50, was detained at a Kmart department store, mind you, Kmart in Hudson, Florida, wearing what could turn out to be the worst criminal disguise of all time. He was waiting in line uh, in the shop, says this, it's, it's Kmart. When a police officer walked in, according to an arrest warrant report issued by a Pasco County Sheriff's Office, he then allegedly tried to hand a bag of green leafy substance to the person behind him in line. They refused. <laughs> hey, bro, take this. Hey, hey, man, take this for me. Just, just hold on to it. I'm not holding on to that. What do you mean? This is a green leafy substance. I'm not going to take a bag of a green leafy substance. They said, we don't even sell this here at Kmart. Why do I want this? I mean, just set it over in the candy stuff, man. You're in line. You're fine. They refused, the person refused, and informed the police officer who searched Bomber and found him in possession of meth and marijuana, police claim. He's been charged with one count of possession of meth and another count of possession of marijuana, not more than 20 grams. Um, Pasco Sheriff's Office posted a picture of Bomber on their Facebook page with this caption, pay close attention to the t-shirt. Bomber's t-shirt says, who needs drugs? No, seriously, I have drugs. <laughs> Yeah, a man wearing a shirt that said he has drugs has drugs. You've been hit by, you've been struck by a this guy come, comes out into public. He has this shirt on. And, and the thing is, it's not even the shirt that would have alerted the police to the fact that he had drugs. The fact that he saw police and he's like, here, take this. You've been hit by, you've been struck by a to a total stranger. Who does that? He's like, hey, read the shirt. That's what this is. Take this off of me now, brother, before the police get here. You've been hit by, you've been struck by, and instead of getting out of line and taking off away from Kmart, apparently what he had to do and buy was so important that once he realized the person wasn't going to take the marijuana, he had to stick around in his I've Got Drugs t-shirt and wait for the police to come over to him. You've been hit by, you've been struck by, Way to go, Florida. You did it again. Who needs drugs? No, seriously, I have drugs. And the cops are like, yeah, seriously, you have drugs. You're under arrest. Bless his heart. Here's one for the Admiral. We're going to take a break. When we come back, time for some snippets. We'll be back after this. On the Big Honkin' Show? Geek Out Loud rolls on when we come back.
I want you to take evasive action off your couch and come down to Admiral Akbar's snack bar and miscellaneous emporium. I'm Admiral Akbar. Once we defeated the Empire, I had to reacclimate myself to civilian life. And I found my calling by selling delicious snacks and other miscellaneous items. Visit my store, and you can see here the ridiculous amount of savings and healthy foods housed within our 200,000 square foot superstructure. Some of the items include the following. My world famous chicken Caesar wraps. We have frap patinos, cats, baseball bats. It's a trap for catching mice. You will have no choice but to shop at Admiral Akbar's snack bar and miscellaneous emporium. You just can't repel deals of that magnitude. Proceed with the countdown to savings, and may the force be with you. Well, this is not a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller. It wasn't any coral reef. And it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a shark. No swimming. I order the Amity PD. We will be open for business. Now, if you fellas are concerned about the beaches, you do whatever you have to to make them safe. Summer is over. You're the mayor of Shark City. These people think you want the beaches open. I, I was, I was, I was acting in the, in the town's best interest. That's, that's right, you I were acting in the town's best interest, and that's why you're going to do the right thing. That's why you're going to sign this, and we're going to pay that guy what he wants. This summer, a danger from below meets the savior of the night. You me. We've been at war. Since before either of us even existed. You try killing my mother. You killed my father. You will not kill me. You'll come for the music. You're going to need a bigger boat. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll get the bad boat. But you'll stay for the adventure. Oh, boys. I think he's come back for his noon feeding. Evasive maneuvers now! That's great! That's just great! Now we're the hell are we, huh? We stay the course! We are dead! Batman vs. Jaws, come this summer. Sure, you've got your Sasquatch stick and statue, but have you actually seen a Squatch in person? Well, come on down to Hazelhurst, Georgia, for Coach's Bigfoot in My Backyard. He said, I'm going to charge $50 a head to come sit down on the back porch and see Bigfoot in my backyard. Tickets to the foot show, you know what I'm saying? What happens if we don't see it? And he said he'd only charge him half price the following night.
So we can we can make some money off of that. Steve Crowder, one half of the infamous Crowder boys, says, Coach, real life superhero. Void were prohibited. Sasquatch may or may not be Steve Glosson in the gorilla suit. Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Dan. And we're here to tell you about our podcast, Flicks. Flicks is a podcast that reviews the biggest movies hitting the theaters, such as Captain America, Winter Soldier, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Amazing Spider-Man, Godzilla, Dolphin Tale 2. What? No, why would we review Dolphin Tale 2? The first one had Morgan Freeman in it. Morgan Freeman works with Batman. Anyway... We don't only cover the latest, we also cover the greatest. When there isn't a blockbuster hitting the local theater, we're talking about some of our favorites from the past. Movies like The Goonies. Star Wars. Featuring Steve Lawson. Gremlins. Terminator. National Lampoon's Vacation. The Last Airbender. Dude, no one liked The Last Airbender. You did. Stop derailing the promo. (sighs) Now, why should you listen to our show... Out of all the other movie review podcasts out there, because we really do love the movies we talk about. And because every couple of years, Steve Glosson comes on and talks Star Wars. Seriously, dude. Hey, know your audience. Fair enough. Listen to Flick's podcast, because we know Steve. Welcome back. Geek Out Loud rolls along here, and uh, we're talking some snippets, just a couple uh, for this episode. First off, that Ant-Man trailer was released. Let's give that a listen. Old Ant-Man starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, a Marvel film. Scott. Scott. I've been watching you for a while now. You're different. Now, don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. This is your chance to earn that look in your daughter's eyes, to become the hero she already thinks you are. It's not about saving our world. It's about saving theirs. Scott, I need you to be the Ant-Man. Now, I, when I first saw this, Hi, Lisa, I was like, "Well, what cool are you? Movie. Who are you talking, woman? You don't talk to me." 
Leave me alone. Anyway, when I first saw this, I, you know, it's one of those situations where it's like something, something doesn't seem Marvel Studios. Something doesn't seem right. And, um, it seems so intense. The music is playing and there's a joke made, but something's just not quite, not quite right. So, uh, someone stepped up and they did a fixed slash re-edited trailer that really makes gives this whole thing a different feel. Take a listen to this now, where where you had the, the montage of all the stuff and everything. Uh, check this out. Starts the same way. Scott. Scott. I've been watching you for a while now. You're different. Now, don't let anyone tell you you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. This is your chance to earn that look in your daughter's eyes, to become the hero Alright, so we know this stuff. This is all the same stuff. It's not about saving our world. It's about saving theirs. Scott. Scott. I need you to be the end man. Okay, here's where it changes up. Huh. From the director, bring it on. From the writer of Anchorman. The people who brought you Iron Man. One question. And they went through all those clips with just a few extra title cards. Too late to change the name. Ant-Man. It just... I mean, it, it, it's almost... It, it kind of like this guy was trying to take a page out of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, handbook for trailers and everything by throwing in some of that classic music in there. But the truth of the matter is, is it really gives it a different feel. It makes it feel more fun. The song is uh, Hold Tight uh, by David D. Dozy, Beaky Mick, and Titch. Um, it was on the Death Proof soundtrack. Everyone is going crazy. Well, what is going on? Stop it. Anyway, um, and I really think that it, I don't, and, and the thing is, though, is we don't know what the tone of the movie is supposed to be. But you have to wonder, I mean, Adam McKay's writing, the director and everything. Yeah, let's let it breathe for a minute. You have to wonder if, you know, if, if maybe it does have a different vibe. Maybe, But the thing is, is all these Marvel movies have been fun. And Paul Rudd? This has got to be a fun movie, and so it just—it's kind of interesting to see where they're going. Ant Man, I still believe we talked about it once with Eric Schoenweiss. I still believe that this could be the the first kind of misstep in the Marvel universe. I feel like they did this after a lot of fan pressure, based on the fact that Edgar Wright was directing and, and that sort of thing. Um, I and Edgar Wright has his his own you know, group of fans and his style of movies and this sort of thing. And 
things fell apart. Or not fell apart. That's too harsh a word. Things just didn't work out between Edgar Wright and Marvel Studios. And so it's it's just interesting to see. I, I'm still kind of the geek in me is really is like, why well, Hank Pym should be in the Avengers, you know, he's he should be the same age as these other guys, you know, but he's not and, and so he he comes from a different time. He may have ties to Shield from back in the day or or Howard Stark. It's it's just interesting. This could really be kind of the thing that, that they tend to chewhorn in. And uh and it's gonna be interesting to see how things go, but uh, that fixed quote unquote dink dink fixed trailer uh, really gave it a different feel, and it's just and it's a neat experiment to see just what a little tweak can do because everything's the same, with the exception of like three title cards and the music that's used. Um, it can show you just how different something can be. Uh, the admiral in the chat says Captain America: Winter Soldier was a very serious movie and trailer. Agreed, agreed, and. But it still was fun. I, I don't I don't remember any of the Winter Soldier trailers. Let's uh here this will be a fun experiment, won't it? Let's uh check out Captain America the Winter Soldier trailer. Um I bet it was one of those bong bong kind of things because of all the crashing and such as. Um here's the second trailer uh from Captain America Winter Soldier. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's a ghost. You'll never find him. I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. Captain, to build a better world, Sometimes means tearing the old one down. And that makes enemies. Fast. Strong. This focuses on the Winter Soldier, this trailer does. takes is one step people are gonna die I can't let that happen Captain America needs my help when do we start we just did this ain't Price of freedom is high. Oh my gosh. I, you know what? This movie is so awesome. And it's a price I'm willing to pay. You told me not to trust anyone. This is how it ends. Everything goes. Looks like you're giving the orders now, Captain. Damn right. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, this was a very serious one, um, and I and I guess they all were. There was one of like, okay, before we begin, does anyone want to get out? They showed that little clip, that sort of thing. Um, but again, Captain America is a different character. This Scott Lane character and this Ant Man, if you read the comics, it really took on a light hearted feel of the Ant Man character. And I mean, Hank, Hank Pym is someone who has 
been through a lot in the comics. He's had his way ups and his way downs, not just in the, you know, the, the growing and the shrinking, but um, just in his characterization and how he's gone through the comics. And so, and Scott Lang is the more lighthearted of it all. Scott Lang's the guy who is, uh, you know, his comic was more funny. It, it it had a little bit more humor to it, and 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 it's got more of a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of feel to it. And again, when you consider the people you have in there, Paul Rudd, the people who wrote this thing, it's got to have a lighter-hearted feel to it. I just imagine. I just imagine it has to because, you know, just based on what I know of the comic and based on who's involved in the creation of this thing. So I think it's interesting um, that uh, that they went this way. Now, Raj in the chat, Raj from the HK, and the Raj from the UK in the HK makes a great point. He says uh, maybe they did this uh, to balance out. They were afraid to go to Guardians of the Galaxy. You have a comedy actor, so you got to balance it out to show that... Um, that you that you've got uh, you know that you've got some seriousness here, so it could very well be could very well be the case. Uh, snippet: Agent Carter premiered this week. I saw it. I liked it. I'm interested to see where things are going. I was surprised that this takes place prior to the Agent Carter one shot uh, from that one Blu-ray release because that actually ends with her taking over SR or Shield or whatever it was at the time. The SSR, I think. I don't know. The Strategic Scientific Reserve. She takes that over, and um, at the end of that, she's and, and Stark is still in good graces and everything. So, um, I'm I'm really excited uh, to. Did they reveal that it's before the one shot? Well, yeah, it happened way before the one shot because in the one shot, she moves to Washington from New York, where she's at. The, the, you know, he's like, pack your bags, you're going to Washington, that sort of thing. And the man has to help her move out and everything. But here she's in her office. She's still being treated the way she was being treated. It, it just it makes sense. She's doing these things covertly underneath their noses. They expect her to be a secretary and everything. So, uh, yeah, definitely this happens before the one shot. There's no, there's no question about it in my mind. Um, uh, uh, Howard Stark. Uh, good stuff in this. It's it's very reminiscent of some of the stuff Tony Stark was going through in Iron Man Two, where he's before these committees. Only he's now being labeled spoiler alert a trailer a trailer a traitor in uh, in into the U S. and he's on the lam and Agent Carter is trying to clear his name, uh, but she's having to do it under the nose of all these other guys because she's not a field agent per se. So. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I imagine that it will end, or maybe it'll even transition somewhere in there with the one shot, or or end at the one shot kind of thing, and we'll see from there. But it's uh, but it started off good. It's going to be an interesting, you know, few episodes in in, in a neat miniseries. It's a great way to kind of spend the break between Shield. Apparently the numbers were kind of low, but uh, you know that's to be expected. No one. When you say Agent Carter, no one immediately jumps on that except for us hardcore fans. And and we have to remind the casual audiences she was Captain America's girlfriend, kind of, in in those movies. So uh check it out if you haven't. It's a good it's a good piece. Jarvis is great. Really dig Jarvis and uh in, in this thing. So I think it'll be uh I think it'll be really good to continue. Andy says there were almost seven million viewers. I saw that there were like 
it was like 60% fewer viewers than what Shield was getting is a, is a news article I saw. So I'm not sure. I, I, and I can't back that up. I'd have to go, go search around and, and find that really quickly. Uh, finally, I was tweeted on Twitter at Geek Out Loud by at WV Chemist. Uh, he says, worth discussing on the ongoing DC Marvel debate. Little light on DC. Hashtag Steve going to hook out. And uh, this is, and he tweeted to me, this is Jared, tweeted an article to at Geek Out Loud. Um, on the top 50 superheroes as posted by BamSmackPow.com. Now, I'm not going to take and talk about each one of these in depth. The way a lot of times when I see a list like this to know if I agree or disagree with it, is I will um, I will say, okay, well, here's number 50. We'll start there as we work our way down. Is there someone that they place lower or higher? Should this number 50 have been placed before someone else? Uh, in this case, I don't think so. Number 50, Dr. Manhattan. He's not someone I would have put on a, on a top 50 list from uh, The Watchmen, which is a DC property, though it wasn't under the, the DC logo proper. I think, uh, was it Vertigo that was under? Anyhow, it's an Elseworlds story, but Dr. Manhattan uh, is their number 50. Uh, going to run through these really fast. Number 49, North Star from Marvel Comics, uh, Alpha Flight. i, I got to be honest with you. I think the only reason he's on here is because of uh, social issues that he confronted. I don't know that as a superhero uh, he was ever much else than just what they made him um, in the comics and there's nothing wrong, you know, with them doing that. It, it's fine. If they want to address those issues, I think it's great, but I don't think that he belongs on a top 50 list just because of that. Uh, number, uh, 48, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Um, they make a really great argument as to why she's on this list. Uh, I'm disappointed that Captain Marvel, the original Captain, well, not the original Captain Marvel, but Marvel's original. Well, I don't even know if he's the original Marvel Captain Marvel. Marvel from of the Cree. I'm, I'm disappointed he's not on here. But uh, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, is on here, and she does have a great story arc, and she's been around for years and years in Marvel comics. Um, so far, I got no problem with this list, really, other than I feel like maybe Doctor Manhattan should have been above North Star, Nightcrawler, number forty-seven. Um, he's definitely a he's definitely a a, a mainstay character in. The, the old Marvel Universe there. So let me real quick, I haven't done this lately, but I'm going to uh, to do this real quickly and, and, and put a DC versus Marvel tally up here. Uh, that's one DC. I'm calling, I'm calling uh, Dr. Manhattan one DC. And uh, one, two, three Marvel characters. Number 46, Beast. Now this is interesting because you don't really think of Beast, but this is top 50. So, you know, and I know it's hundreds and hundreds. So you're going to get some of these guys that you definitely know who they are. But may not be in people's top tens. Uh, Forty six beasts. I definitely like beasts better than I like Nightcrawler. Uh, he's got a very interesting uh, backstory and, and stuff to him. They got number forty five. They've got Spider Woman, the original Spider Woman, um, Jessica Drew. Uh, let me make sure that's her right name. Yeah, Jessica Drew. And um, <clears throat> yeah, and she's been around pretty hard and heavy in the Marvel universe as of late. So. She she had an interesting story. It's interesting that she's there, but I think she's pretty iconic. I do think that she belongs above number 44, the Scarlet Witch. Uh, Scarlet Witch has caused a lot of issues in the Marvel Universe, but I do think that uh, that Jessica Drew, better superhero than the Scarlet Witch. Number 40, 
uh, three, who I think is really low, another Marvel character, She-Hulk. Now, She-Hulk, I feel like, and just in my personal pantheon, belongs up in the top 20 somewhere. She is she's a cool, cool character. Number 42, Silver Surfer. Again, he's another one I feel like belongs in the top 20 when it comes to all-time greatest superheroes. Uh, number 41, Rorschach. Again, from The Watchmen. Batman Dark, you know? Um, kind of a Batman question mashup in a way. Uh, it was Rorschach. Um, again, what? I don't know. I don't, I'm, everyone knows I'm not a fan of the watch, but number 40 is the Adam from DC comics, Ray Palmer. And I think he's going to be a lot higher on people's list as we get further into arrow. And we see Brandon Routh portraying this character more and more and more, by the way, Brandon Routh doing an outstanding job as Ray Palmer, the Adam on arrow number 39, Raven from the teen Titans. Can't really speak to that. Not a big Titans fan. Don't know much about Raven. Uh, another one I feel like belongs in the top 20. Number 38, The Invisible Woman from Marvel Comics, Sue Storm. She is outstanding. And, and I hope that one day, I hope that the next incarnation of the Fantastic Four we get on screen does her justice. But I hope that one day we get a, a, an on-screen incarnation of her that really does her justice. Number 37, someone I don't believe should be above The Invisible One for sure. Jean Grey from the X-Men, the Phoenix. Um, another Marvel character though. Um, yeah, I'm just not a huge X-Men fan. Number 36, Catwoman. Surprised to see her at 36 on the list because everyone loves the Catwoman. Um, number 35, The Question from DC. I, I'm surprised to see him this high on the list. I, he's definitely not a better superhero in my opinion than Sue Storm, She-Hulk, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, or The Beast. I just, I feel like uh, he belongs a little bit lower on this list. Um, number 34, Spawn. I feel like, it, and he's a completely different, he's from Image. Um, I really feel like the only reason Spawn's on here is because of his popularity in the 90s. I really, I mean, I do. Number 33, Nick Fury. I don't know that he's a superhero. Marvel character, but I don't know that he's a superhero, and I don't know that he belongs on a top 50 superhero list at all. I just don't. Um, number 32, another different, not, not Marvel or DC, but Hellboy, um, is on here, at, and I don't know enough about him to speak to where he should be. Martian Manhunter clocks in at number 31 on this list. The Manhunter, um, he's cool. He's good stuff. Uh, maybe should be higher, maybe. I don't know. This is interesting. Superboy at number 30. Um, and the Superboy they're showing is a young Clark Kent Superboy. Um, not not uh not the clone um so uh, you know which is connor kent um so that's interesting that they do that um they've got uh number 29 black panther i gotta be honest with you guys i'm not a huge fan of the black panther i i mean they make him cool it's great it's wonderful just not a fan just not i've never been the biggest fan of t'challa the black panther Number 28, Mr. Fantastic. Feel like he should be wherever Sue is, um, and he's not. Uh, Sue Storm, I mean, Sue Richards. Reed Richards is awesome. He's super smart. Um, and uh, I don't know, 28, I think that might work. I, I love the Fantastic Four as a whole. He's, he's never been my favorite character in the Fantastic Four, but, but I do love him. Um, maybe he should be higher. Uh, number 27, they have listed as Deadpool. I think Deadpool's been getting a lot of attention lately because of this Ryan Reynolds thing. 
Um, people like him because he's cool and he's funny and, and all this other stuff, but apparently they're going to kill him pretty soon. Is this another move by Marvel to try to get him back under their banner, uh, under Marvel Studios' banner? No idea. No idea because he's wrapped up with Fox as well. Number 26, they've got Batgirl from DC Comics. Um, let me see who they've got. There have been multiple people wear the cape and cowl Batgirl. There have been three Batgirls, but she's no less important to Gotham City. Uh, they're just talking about Batgirl as the as the the person the the hero named Batgirl, regardless of who's underneath the cowl. Twenty uh, six. I think Batgirl ranks up there. That's a good good placement for her. Number twenty five, Hawkeye. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I think Batgirl greater superhero than Hawkeye. Just straight up. Now, I love Hawkeye. Don't get me wrong, but I think that she belongs a little bit higher than Hawkeye. Hawkeye and number twenty four, the Black Widow have gotten a lot of attention, not because of their status in the comic books, but let's be honest, because of what's going on with them in film. Number 23, Storm. I wouldn't put Storm this high on a list of top 50. I just wouldn't. Marvel character, uh, by the way. Number 22, they've got listed as Supergirl. Um, I think, yeah, I think she may belong up there. Number 21, Captain Marvel, Shazam. Uh, This is uh, Billy Batts and Captain Marvel from the pages of now DC Comics. Mm, I've never known how I feel about him. Number 20, Doctor Strange. <laughs> really? Doctor Strange higher than Captain Marvel? Doctor Strange higher than Reed Richards? Doctor Strange higher than Sue Storm? Doctor Strange higher than She-Hulk? Doctor Strange higher than uh, just about anyone that's come before him? I don't know. I don't know. Other than those Watchmen characters, I don't know that he beats out anybody in my book. Even though I like, I'm not, again, not Doctor Strange. Uh, number 19, the Human Torch. Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. A third member of the Fantastic Four represented here. The top 20, I like it. I like him in the top 20. Number 18, Aquaman. Um, yeah, Aquaman is, uh, he belongs in the top 20. I don't care what people say. He's become a joke, um, but, but he belongs in the top 20. Number 17, they have from the Fantastic Four, rounding out all four of them, the thing. Definitely top 20 material. For me, The Thing is top 10 material. I love The Thing. Uh, number 16, Daredevil. You know what? I feel like Marvel has ruined Daredevil over the years. They've, they've in, in an attempt to make him more human, they overhumanized him almost and made him just way too tragic of a character. Um, but he comes in at number 16. He's definitely not higher than The Thing on my personal list. Number 15, Nightwing. Nightwing, uh, former Robin, Dick Grayson. Uh, yeah, I think he belongs in the top 20 for sure and probably in the top 15, so in the right place. Professor X at number 14, boo. You don't get higher than Nightwing, Professor X. I love him. I just don't think he belongs higher than someone like Nightwing. Number 14, or number 13, rather, definitely a top 15 hero in my book um, just based on being iconic, and that's how I'm looking at most of these, the Green Arrow. They've got listed at number 13. Their number 12 is Robin, and I think that's a solid place for Robin. Uh, He's just as iconic as Batman. There's no getting around it. Number 11 they have is Thor. Thor is one of my top 10 heroes and has been for a long, long time. Uh, Number 10, they have the Hulk. Now, the Hulk is my number 2 slash number 1, so you know where I think he is. But I'm glad he's in the top 10. He belongs in their top 10. Number 9, the Green Lantern. Yeah, I think Green Lantern's a top 10 hero for sure, just based on being iconic. Number eight, Wolverine. I am tired of Wolverine. 
Wolverine belongs in the top 20, but I don't know that he belongs in the top 10. Not not in my book. I, You know what? In everyone else, I know he does, but I don't think that, uh, that Wolverine does. The Flash, the clock's in at number 7. I think that's a great spot for The Flash in a list of top 50 superheroes. He definitely belongs in the top 10. Iron Man, again, this is someone that I don't think years ago would have made a top 10 list. I think that Robert Downey Jr., Marvel Studios, has put Iron Man on the map in a way that people don't either recognize or will admit. He's always been a stable to the Marvel Universe, but I don't know that he is... Um, I don't know that he's top 10 material. Uh, he is nowadays, I guess, but he just... Now, number five they have is Wonder Woman. Uh, definitely deserves to be in, in, in a top 10 list. Number four, Captain America. Uh, number three, Spider-Man, and I'll give you a guess as to who their top two and one is. Number two will be Superman, and their number one, of course, will be Batman. And this is the only place I really have a have. A, I think Superman should be on everyone's number one. Um, I, I think that when it comes down to superheroes, everyone chimes in like Batman's the greatest. He's got no superpowers, and he does fine, great. Um, it's become a cool thing to like Batman. It's become a cool thing to not like Superman. But Superman's the greatest superhero of all time. I mean, that's all there is to it. And Bam Pack, Bam Smack Pow is wrong. Uh, that's that's just how I see it. It's a fun. I love lists. Now, uh, the, uh, the Jared in his tweet said that it was DC Light. Here you had Marvel with, uh, wow, of the top fifty Marvel characters, twenty seven. DC characters, 20. Others were two, so I'm missing one somewhere. I think I forgot to mark down. Uh, Iron Man. Of of the Marvel 28, DC 20. So, you know, about split down the middle almost. I mean, what, just three, three or four away from kind of being more evenly split. But, look, Superman should be number one in that thing. And, and that's me as a Marvel kid talking. So, you know, he's he's my favorite. Superman's my favorite. So, <laughs> the Admiral in the chat, Alicia says, Steve just read it wrong. Yeah, that's what happened. I read it completely wrong. That's exactly what went on. So, my bad. My bad. We take a final break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. With kind of an ass scene on TV, Buck has emailed me and ticked me right off. We'll be back after this.
service announcement from the British Tarantula Society. Hello, my name is Nigel St. Elmo, and I am currently the curator of the British Tarantula Society. Recently, the host of the Big Honkin' Show, a Mr. Stephen Glawson, reported on the discovery of a rather large and rare spider in Sri Lanka. I wanted to take this opportunity to get the record straight, as it were, when it comes to the giant tarantulas. While it is true that tarantulas can smell your fear, they are not your enemy. Even these abnormally large spiders are not a threat to humanity. Rather, it is the alien race that deposited them here on Earth that is the enemy. Once the spiders have grown to full maturity, the aliens will return and ride them like mighty steeds during their conquest of the planet. 
Thank you for giving me the time to clarify the tarantula myth. And now, back to the big honkin' show. Tarantulas, tarantulas, everybody loves tarantulas. If there's just buzz where your hamster was, it's probably because of tarantulas. It's the story of a beginning. Then came the darkness. At last, a hero will rise. Experience the Bible like never before with the Christian Bale Audio Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. The Christian Bale Audio Bible also features a special guest appearance by actor Tom Hardy as Bane. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said you shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You've never heard the Bible like this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Christian Bale Audio Bible comes packaged with a series of studies and commentaries designed to help you apply the Word of God to your life and ask the difficult questions we all face. Titles of the studies include Why Do We Fall? Becoming More Than Just a Man and Climbing Out of the Pit. This is the audio Bible that every hardcore Christian Baal fan needs. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore, swear to me, here by God, that you will not deal falsely with me, or with my descendants. It's the audio Bible you deserve, and the one you need right now. Restless tide is breaking on the shore. Skies beyond the storm And when we ride until we can no more Just to find our own Just to find our own We can't let go tell you what there's not much better in my world than slash 
with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. My Lanta. We will roam from the album Apocalyptic Love. Wish it was Animapocalyptic Love. That'd make it so much cooler. Welcome back to the Geek Out Loud Big Honkin' Show mashup. Um, we gotta do this. I just love it. Oh my gosh, 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 You'll be sitting, wow, every time you use this towel. It's like a shammy, it's like a towel. It's like this is for the house, the boat, the arms, this is for the house, the boat, the arms, this is for the house, the boat, the boat, the arms, this is for the house, the boat, the boat, the arms, this is for the house, So the other day, I can't remember if it was, it had to, might have been a text, but I get, a, I get an email, I thought, from Buck, and uh, long, yes, from Buck, and all it says is, in the, in the subject line, it just says, Belfie stick, and I'm like, what is a Belfie stick? That's, that was the question that I asked myself as I was looking at the subject line, what is a... What is a Belfie stick? The email consisted of one thing, a link to BelfieStick.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the Belfie stick, and, and, and look, I clicked on, I was, I was mobile. It says, finally, a fun way to take a Belfie and share photos with your friends. I'm like, what is a Belfie? And I'm looking at this thing. I'm looking, and it says photo gallery, and it's all these people just showing their back side ladies and gentlemen a belfie is a selfie of your butt of your back and this is a real thing it is a stick that you attach your your phone to and you use it to take a picture of your back side With our unique bendable stick, you can position your backside without the need of a mirror and shoot the exact angle you're looking for. Bend in ways you never thought possible with our patent-pending design. You've taken a selfie, now take a belfie. Our unique design makes it easy to take pictures of your bum in any angle. Never drop your phone again. Feedback. We love feedback. Don't hesitate to give yours. I got my squat game down on lock, shooting belfies every day to check up on my progress. I'm so totally in love with this product. My girlfriend agrees. It's totally BA. And that's Marcos from Miami, Florida. Lauren from Los Angeles, California. I never again have to take pics in the bathroom. I can't tell you how many times I've dropped my iPhone, my iPhone trying to take pics. I love it. Thank God they invented belfie stick. Thank God they, thank God they invented belfie stick. I, love, I never again have to take pics in the bathroom and such ads. Ellen from Lansing, Michigan says, I can't believe they invented this. It's totally insane. Thank you, Ellen. You got it exactly right. I can't believe they invented this. It's totally insane. Everyone is hurting, Ellen continues, trying to hurting, holding their phones, trying to get the right precise angle. Bend over and snap a pic. Oh, wait. Ellen... Used a misdirection on me. I thought Ellen was in my side, but no. No. They're out of stock, but we'll restock. This can't be real. This can't be real. 
from the people who brought you on.com oh my lanta i guess that's a some kind of oh, this makes me so mad they've got pictures of people fun for all ages what take epic action shots close up press the button and go backs need loving too i'm all about that base why why would you why i guess because like marcos you got to get your squad game on lock got to get it down on lock shooting belfies every day to check up on my progress yo buck knew exactly what he was doing he was ticking me right off Ugh. curse you buck thompson curse you and your belfie ways I can't buy a belfie just becomes a back scratcher when you're me. <laughs> I ain't got no belfie, but I got a back scratcher. And that, my friends, as they say, is that. I want to thank everyone who joined us in the live chat at mixler.com slash goliverse. You guys are great. Appreciate you hanging out with us. And looking forward to a great 2015. And there's some ways that you can make 2015 great. Head over to geekoutpodcast.com, geekoutonline.com. And on both of those sites, there's an Amazon link. If you use that Amazon link to do your Amazon shopping, it really helps out the sites. It helps it helps out the shows. And uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Um, and, and it's just a great way to help us out. So use those Amazon links. If you want to support us directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash geek out loud patreon.com slash geek out loud we've got uh, the patreon exclusive podcast commentary for the avengers coming up soon here in the next couple of days so uh make sure that uh, you guys on patreon are looking for that it'll be coming to you sooner than later as we roll into 2015 we are going to get competitive uh, you know what's interesting is Geek Out Loud is constantly, or consistently, I should say, in uh, in the top what's hot, you know, 200 of uh, of of the iTunes of podcasts. In uh, what am I trying to say here? In the TV film category, uh, we want to move on up, man. We want to move on up to the east side, to a deluxe apartment in the sky. And the way we can do that is if you'll head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating, let people know that you're listening to Geek Out Loud, let people know what you think of the Goliverse, and when you do that, it uh, it definitely, definitely helps us up. So um, so if you haven't left a, left a review for us, uh, please do so. It means the world to us, and it'll help us out. I'm trying to, my, my computer's being all freezy, uh, but I'm trying to uh, find out just how many reviews we have at the Geek Out Loud feed. I know it's a ton, but we can always use more. It's it's barely a tenth of uh, how many people actually listen to the show. So, come on, guys, help us out. Give us some love. You know we're we're up against people like the old uh, Podcast One and the Adam Carolla networks and all this stuff. We need your help. We got 287 ratings, and we appreciate every single one of those. And 216 reviews. The goal is to get to 300. 300 reviews so 
We'd appreciate your help in doing that in 2015. We're wanting to roll along. We've already got one from 2015. We'd love to see even more as 2015 rolls along. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at twitter.com slash geekoutloud, facebook.com slash geekoutloud, proud part of the Shot Glass Digital Radio Network. Check them out at shotglassdigital.com. Tons and tons of shows. May I recommend to you the Deuce Cast. Friends, Michael Nip, David Dollar, do a great job there at the Deuce Cast. Of course, Bondcast and Rebel Force Radio, part of Shot Glass Digital as well. Make sure you let those guys know how much you appreciate them having the entire Goliverse as part of Shot Glass Digital. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you so much. 341 days until Star Wars The Force Awakens. We're counting down together. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.